And we welcome you on in to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Ballet here to give you the latest in high school, collegiate and professional sports. Obviously, we thank you guys for uh, tuning in. Mitch is going to be back with you. We got uh, the all the first all-caps edition of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. I believe this is my first time wearing a hat on the program. So, obviously, it's good to be back with you talking about some of the stuff that is uh, happened this earlier this week and is coming for the weekend. Yes, sir. Happy to be back. Lots to talk about, lots to preview, and uh, just really excited to be back here for another episode. And hopefully the audience isn't ready to get rid of me yet after my Browns comments last episode. You're going to have some strong opinions here later on. I know that for sure. But before we get into those, I want to let, remind you guys that, of course, you can uh, follow us on multiple podcasting platforms. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. That's where we post our episodes, courtesy of Anchor. That is not a sponsor. That We love what they do, though. Uh, you can also find us here on YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. And uh, you can find our, our website, BigTimeSportsOhio.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, at BTS Ohio. That's where we have all of our you know posts and latest tweets. We're also on Facebook. Facebook, Big Time Sports, Ohio, and of course, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala. So, yeah, Mitch, we're going to get into week six now of the high school football season, and a bit of an interesting one last week. A lot of good matchups in Stark, a number of good matchups in Tuscarawas County. We saw two of the big local schools in Dover and New Philly fall for the first time this season. Well, Dover, rather. New Philadelphia's had a few losses there, but they ended up losing in that one to Mansfield. So now... I want to go into the matchup that you will be at this coming Friday, a very interesting uh, face-off between two Federal League opponents. And that would be the Lake Blue Streaks at the Jackson Polar Bears. Lake 5-0 and for the first time, I believe, Mitch, if off the top of my head correctly, since at least the 90s. It's been a while since the Blue Streaks have been off to this hot of a start, but this is a team that returned a lot of players from last year, and it is a team that is looking to be on a mission in capturing that Federal League championship. However, Mitch... It's never easy in the Federal League. Actually, only going already going into week six now, only two teams remain unbeaten in Federal League play. And those two teams are Hoover and Lake, who have both had one week out of conference already since conference play started in week four. Hoover will be traveling to Tom Benson to play McKinley, but game of the week that you will be able to watch here on Big Time Sports, it'll have Troy Richardson and Terry Peterson on the call. Myself and Gianni Capuana will be on the sideline doing some interviews, getting pictures, video. The Lake Blue Streak at the Jackson Polar Bears. Jackson returns home for the first time in over a month, Mitch. They played on the road weeks two, three, four, and five. It is time for the Polar Bears to get home and get back to some home cooking uh, for just a brief week or two, I believe, before they hit the road again and go over to Glen Oak. But I'm sure for Jackson, it is going to be wonderful not have to get on a yellow bus and drive somewhere else, being back in the comfort of your own stadium that you've only played in one time this year. But Mitch, Lake is tough. We've talked about it a lot. We've previewed it a lot. I'm excited to go and cover this game and, and get interviews um, from Lake and Jackson, but it's going to be a thriller. But as is almost every game in Stark County at this point, Mitch, because the Federal League's so good. Uh, you have Central Catholic that plays a, a very tough schedule that, you know, their record probably isn't doesn't reflect how good that team actually is with some of the teams they've played, but another week of high school football. I cannot wait to be at Jackson Friday night. And like I said, Troy Rich is, Troy Richardson and Terry Peterson on the call for big time sports. What is cooking down South and who, what game do we have down there? 
So this one, we will actually be returning to Crater Stadium. We were there a few weeks ago for Dover's game against Indian Valley, which Tornadoes won 20-6. So now Dover returns after a loss to Steubenville last Friday, the first one of the year for the Crimson, and they will be taking on the on, on Canfield High School, who, much like Dover, if I'm not mistaken, is 4-1 and one on the year. Now Canfield comes in, a uh, pretty solid team, another very good test for the Tornadoes, who kind of struggled to get the offense really going against the Big Red last week, but Dover could rebound and have a good, solid victory against Canfield leading into a couple of weeks where they will be taking on some more non-conference opponents such as SFDS from Columbus, and then you have Youngstown Boardman and Lindsley all the way from West Virginia leading into the big rivalry game here in a few weeks. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm very interested in seeing what Coach Danis' squad can do coming back from the loss to Steubenville, and especially if they can get some good offensive drives to start out early, I think the defense can do enough to stave off Canfield in that one. And, uh, obviously, there's a number of, of other games that we'll get to here in Stark and Tuscarawas County, and you might see us here this coming weekend out in the area. So, Stark, I mean, or Tuscarawas, excuse me, you have a number of ones like New Philadelphia who will be on the road this week following their loss last week to Mansfield Senior. This one, they will be going on the road to Mount Vernon, and this is a game where I think New Philadelphia can get back on track. Mount Vernon is 1-4 and four on the season. They have gone off to a bit of a, a tough stretch here where, like I said, 1-4 and four up against the 2-3 and three, uh, Quakers, and Looking at the schedule, if I can pull it up here, they are 0-2 in Ohio Cardinal Conference play, and they've lost four straight since their Week 1 overtime win against Marion Harding. They lost to Newark, 35-34, Hayes, 45-10, Lexington, 30-7, and Ashland, 53-7. New Philadelphia just beat Ashland before their loss last week to the Tigers. So I, I do believe New Philadelphia gets back on track here. Coach Mike Johnson's squad is able to uh, get things truly going because like Dover, they have a few more matchups uh, before the big rivalry game on October 21st. They got to take on MCHS, Lexington, and West Holmes. West Holmes, a very, very strong team uh, throughout the season so far. Uh, other games I want to just highlight before we get to the start games really quick, Mitch. Uh, I had them pulled up here. Garraway will be having a road test against Claymont this week. I'm looking at the Indian Intervalley Conference uh, results mostly. Sandy Valley going up against Indian Valley and Janaid Hutton, Battle of the Valleys. Ridgewood will host Tusky Valley, while Newcomerstown will play East Canton, and Strasburg is set to travel to Malvern while Buckeye Trail will be playing at Central Catholic. So a bit of a shorter schedule again this week for the IBC. Uh, Mitch, who are some of the matchups that you're looking forward to seeing uh, play out in the Stark area? Well, Mitch, I want to go back and correct myself or, or just reiterate. Obviously, Lake at Jackson is the top game of the week, and it has been since 1998 since the Blue Streaks have started 5-0, and which is also the last time they won the Federal League title. So the Blue Streaks are really, you know, trying to put an end to this 20 plus year drought here for the blue streaks. And they're getting a key returner back. This is now almost breaking news as it's now in the Canton repository. The blue streaks are now expecting to get senior wide receiver and defensive back Ty Miller back, who has not played in the first five weeks of the season last year. When I had the privilege to cover Lake Ty Miller was a problem for other teams. He was indeed a player of the game for one of the games I covered so Lake, five weeks of the season, off of their best start since 1998, is adding another weapon that could potentially, Mitch, assuming he comes back and picks up where he left off, which you never know. Obviously, everybody reacts to injuries differently. 
they could be getting better, which is a scary thought for everybody in this federal league because one bad week and you slip up might be the difference in winning, losing, or tying for co-federal league championships. But besides that, you do have green going to Glen Oak. Glen Oak is a very young team, Mitch. They are a team that has played a very tough non-conference schedule and has dropped back-to-back week heartbreakers, really, to federal league teams in Lake two weeks ago, which they lost 27-20. They had the ball on the 11 before they turned the ball over on downs. And last week they lost 41 to 31 at Hoover. Can green get back on track after just a running clock that nobody saw coming at green Memorial stadium when McKinley went in there and waxed the green bulldogs and parry the team off this week. But then you have somebody like fearless Mitch fearless yes. goes on the road this week, five and oh, two and oh in their conference at CVCA who is four and one and two and oh in the conference. This could be a very tough test for coach Sarbaugh's team, but this is exactly how you want it. You don't want to have just an easy schedule. You want to be battle tested and playoff tested. And as we're starting to enter the back part of the season, right? We're over the halfway point. This is exactly the test that fearless wants probably to really evaluate where they are. As we know that last season ended a lot sooner than they would have hoped. And that's a team on mission, you know, this week to, to get back into it. And finally, the last game, Looking at Austin Town Fitch, 5-0 and at Maslin. Last year, Maslin went to Fitch. Maslin defeated Fitch. This should be another good one. Maslin at 4-1. and Their only loss was to Cincinnati Moeller week one. Mitch, Maslin might be one of the hottest teams in the state as they beat St. Ed's last week at home at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. A lot of good matchups this week all over Ohio. Yeah, I'm very interested in that Fairless and CVCA matchup because give credit to the Royals. Their only loss that you mentioned so far this year, I was at at Woody Hayes Quaker Stadium in which they kind of, I think, threw a monkey wrench into New Philadelphia's opening night plans and only were up 2 nothing for the majority of the game before I ended up losing 7-2. to two. All right, so we want to know from you guys, obviously, in the comments below or on the, on the question below on Spotify, what is your most anticipated Week 6 matchup in Stark or Tuscarawas County? Please let us know. Now, when we come back, we'll be going more over to the professional side of sports baseball especially now as the regular season is winding down and things are looking pretty rosy for a particular team on the corner of Carnegie and Ontario we all have 206 things in common our bones keep us up and moving and we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them from the tip of your finger to a brand new hip our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Matt Noster and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week just off I-77. You can also visit them online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing. Quality from start to finish. 
When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Trying them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss festival.com or find ohio swiss festival on facebook and we're back here on the big time sports podcast show mitch spinell alongside mitchell bala here to give you the latest on sports we're going over now to baseball where things are getting very very good for a particular team in the american league central right now mainly the american league uh before we get to the conversation here mitch look i'm gonna i'm gonna skip over the build-up and just go right into this historic season that was capped off not capped off because the season's not over yet he still could do some things here or the final two weeks but i never thought that an adult version of myself would be witness to a 60 home run season in my lifetime i was four years old when barry bonds hit 70 through home runs i was a year about a year old when sammy sosa and mark mcguire uh chased after roger maris's record and never looked back aaron judge hit his 60th home run of the season last night. 60, 60, 60. I'm not going to stop saying it. 60 home runs in a game that we'll get to, we'll get to the the other thing about this game in a second, because, you know, I also want to get into the guardians too, but like, this is like, everybody says last year about Shoei Otani and I, and, and I came, I came around hard on Shoei Otani because at the start of when he started to get really hot, I think it was around last year where everyone was, I, I was sort of that thing like, oh, well, he's he's this two-way player that the Angels are trying to pull off. You know, uh, he's, is he really that good? Yeah, all right, let's see what he is. And he just kept going and going and going to the point where I thought, this guy, this guy's insane. This guy's unbelievable. And you could say, yes, he is the most valuable player in terms of overall worth to a team. Now, however... You cannot give a guy, you, you can't not give, double negative, you can't not give a most valuable player award to a guy who's hit 60 home runs in this time span of a season. By the way, Mitch, this is around the same time that Roger Maris, no, not even Roger Maris, because Babe Ruth was considered the original home run king by still some purists because he did it in the 154-game slate. We are how many games into this uh, one? 152, I think, is around one, the, the. Well, AL Central teams are at 148. Uh, doing, I'll do quick math for you to tell you what the Yankees well, are. The point, right is, the point is, right now we're not at 162. The fact that he seven for the Yankees. One forty. One. 
60 home runs. 60 home runs, folks, in 147 games. This is the greatest home run hitting season that I have witnessed with fresh baseball eyes. I couldn't witness Barry Bonds. I didn't know what was going on at the time. I couldn't process Roger, uh, uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Griffey to an extent. I can process this. This is the greatest home run hitting season I have seen in my lifetime. More than Ryan Howard's 2006, more than Giancarlo Stanton's 2016, 17. This is, this is number one. I mean, you're, you're on, we're on the verge of history, Mitch. Yeah. We're on the verge of something that a lot of people didn't think we'd see. Some people thought we would see a couple of years ago when they had the whole argument that balls are juiced. The next thing you know, the balls aren't juiced. Who knows? Um, but Yankees have played 147. Judges played in 143. So he's not played in four of those games, which makes it even more impressive that he's hit 60 in 143 games. He has 636 plate appearances, 529 at-bats. Mitch, not only is he going to break, you know, the single season AL home run record. You haven't even mentioned what I think is even not yes. bigger because we haven't seen this, but the yes. triple crown, which to my knowledge, I can only remember witnessing and, and having recollection of it one time when Miguel Cabrera won it for the Tigers back yep. in 2013, maybe right around that it, right so, when the Tigers kept getting to the world series or getting to the ALCS and they would end up losing every single year. So I think the, I think the triple crown year was 2012. Because mm-hmm. I remember that being the year that uh, Mike Trout came up and and kind of took baseball by storm. And yeah, so 2012, 2013, 2012 was the first MVP year for Cabrera, one of two. And then that was the year he did the Triple Crown, which for many baseball fans and generations, hadn't they, and they had never seen that before. Because oh. before that, Carl Yastrzemski was the last guy. Mm-hmm. And with the home run last night, like you mentioned, Mitch, he has taken the lead in American League batting average. So he now leads in, in batting average home runs and runs batted in, which is what you need to get the triple crown. And I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay what he's done at all, but it's definitely going to help him in terms of the average race. Now that the Minnesota twins are where they're at. Yes. And he was battling Luis Arise, who was the league leader, literally Mitch up until the last point, this point last week in the season. I mean, I believe he was hitting a cool three fourteen for a majority of the season. And he missed a couple of games of the hamstring injury. The twins are not officially dead in terms of playoff but realistically are. And so honestly, that's only going to ever, only help judge. I would say really with where he's at, he has 128 RBIs. I believe the next closest is our own Jose Ramirez, which I don't know if Jose can climb that fast. I believe Jose is about 14 RBIs behind him. Yeah. Um, but it definitely helps when you're hitting all your, getting a lot of your RBIs through the, the long ball too, which I mean, Mitch, if you look at major league baseball, the next closest home run hitter is Kyle Schwarber with 39. It's crazy. It really is. Like, it's not like we're it, now granted. Do I wish we, we could witness. I referenced I referenced this last episode. Do I wish we could witness something like McGuire and Sosa? Yes. I wish we had another guy doing this right, right. now that was hitting, you know, maybe 50 yeah. home runs, but this is still something that you can't take for granted because it's been how long since we've seen it. And especially with the triple crown, Mitch, we're on the verge of possibly seeing two triple crown winners within a 10 year span. And you hadn't seen it since Carl Yastrzemski, which there's a lot of people out there that never got to see him play. All right. It's crazy. It's awesome to see up until really the last couple of weeks, I fought on who I thought was MVP because I, I mentioned it before. I think MVP in baseball is so much different than MVP in basketball and football. And I thought that what Shohei had done uh, really up until September, 
I thought it was neck and neck, but if you want to count a team's success in it and where the team's going, which they have not done that in years past, or else Trout wouldn't have three MVP awards. Right. Then yes, judges the unanimous winner, and it's not close. I also wouldn't be shocked though, because baseball writers are just some are hypocrites and some just don't like the city players play in or don't like, I mean, we're talking about writers who literally did not vote in Ken Griffey Jr. Because he wore his hat backwards during a home run derby, which is by the way, one of the most iconic things that Ken Griffey Jr. Did is part of his swingman logo. That's the type of people you're dealing with. So I could definitely see Otani getting some, getting more votes than what people like us would think, but judge right. is going to the LMVP. He deserves yeah. to, because not only is he going to break the home run record, he might get the triple crown and the Yankees are going to get a first round by in the playoffs. Yep. And after that, everything goes out the window. Well, keep in mind. Yeah. I should, I should reiterate too. He's not going to, he's not going to catch Barry Bonds because I looked at that stat the other day. If Aaron judge were to hit it, I think it was, it was, if Aaron judge were to hit at least one home run, hit one home run for the next last 16 games, he would play. He would still fall one short. Well, that was 16. Well, the, let's, I said they played 147 so far. Yes. So they have 15 more games left. He's at 60. So he only needs 14 to pass bonds, but that's true. But okay. You're at a spot though. Now though, Mitch, and we're going to get into this as we transition to the guardians. I'm sure the Yankees are in a spot where they can start to take some guys out the lineup, right? The rest lineup pitching rotations for the playoffs. And that ultimately may cost judge. Yeah. Uh, a, a spot at that, but realistically, Mitch, I don't think he yeah. has 13, 14 home runs left in him to get to that point. I think the pursuit is for Maris. And mm-hmm. then, oh, and then, and then once he does that, if he does that, then they can take him out for a little while. Cause yeah. that that's insane. And then, you know, wh- the whole thing about it really quickly is that last night, you know, like what, like it was, it was eight to four when judge at the home run, then became eight to five. And I was like, all right, this game is still probably gonna be over. It's whatever. It's between the Yankees and the pirates. And then Giancarlo Stanton comes up and hits a walk off home run with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. And it like, that's the second most important home run of that evening. You realize that. But what I also was shocked by is that it seemed like the game was a little bit undersold on in, in terms of like public, public discussion whether yeah. it be in certain media outlets or just what you see on, on social media. And again, it, it's more subjective because we don't know. It's A lot of social media is kind of tailored towards us. It's not necessarily what's actually trending unless you force it to be that way via the settings. But to me, it just kind of felt like, I don't know. It, it felt like this is the most iconic team in baseball in a game that was like unlike anything, 99% of the games you've seen this year from any any team. And it's not really the top story. It wasn't the top story that, flooded itself into like the noon discussions, like the, the, the early right. afternoon discussions before everybody eventually moved on. It felt like we got to the morning. It's like, Oh, yep. That happened. Well, yeah, I think, I think Mitch, you and I are, are, you actually sent me a tweet the other day about it, about all the regional coverage for teams. I think this is more so just a baseball issue. I, th- I think that baseball just does such a horrendous job at marketing their product, marketing their best players. Um, I, I get that some fans might like, might not like what I'm going to say here, but, if you want to market your best players, you need to be able to substitute teams that you have on Sunday night and Monday night and Wednesday night baseball. I don't want to watch Yankees and Red Sox eight times in a, in a summer, Mitch. I just don't. I would much rather see some of the best players. I, I would much rather see the Seattle Mariners, right? That's a team out in the West Coast that you and I don't get to see a whole lot of being out right. over here on the East Coast. But 
baseball just does a, a horrible job at marketing their product. They let the guys have fun. What one weekend a year when they can customize their jerseys and they go by nicknames. I mean, it, it's just so weird. And you, they have this whole slogan, let the kids play now. And it's like, they don't let the kids be kids. And it's frustrating because how many times this year has, have you as a guardian fan or anybody out there for that matter, listening to this podcast, whether you're a guardians fan or another fan within baseball, have you gone to turn on your natural channel to watch a game and it's not there, but they're playing because they're on Peacock, but nobody told you they're on Apple TV, but nobody told you they're on Fox. Oh, but which Fox channel are they on? Because you don't know. They do such a horrible job marketing this. And I part of me wishes that last night would have been one where you break away from whatever you're covering and, or at least have the picture in picture to show what judge was doing. I know the MLB apps doing it right now. Every time he steps up to the plate, you get an alert, but they could be doing such a better job, Mitch. And it's really just a, a major league baseball problem, not a player's problem, not a team's problem, just a whole baseball marketing problem, which unfortunately it's been like that for a few years now and doesn't show any signs of getting any better. MLB, MLB network does a better job at that where they can kind of cut away sometimes. But mm -hmm. even then, like last night, the, the Cleveland and Chicago were slated to be on their network i think they have two two streams and I, I go to click on it and and it says this game is not available to you because it's based out of your area yeah. and, and that's an, and i think that's more annoying to me than the ones that are on the regional networks because yeah you have you can you have the opportunity for more accessibility and no you gotta you gotta stick to this streaming service which for me it, it it stinks for me personally this is my these are my problems because youtube tv used to have the the network formerly known as fox sports regional network now it's bally's bally's isn't on there it's on the cable services it's not mm -hmm. so we basically have to find our ways around that and now there was this, that whole report from the new york post that you know major league baseball the nba and the nhl might even be intrigued uh interested in buying out uh, the the company that runs Bally's. So I, I'm very in, interested in what happens there in the near future. And, and to your point, because I, I completely agree with that too. To your point about the lack of coverage, Mitch, if you head over to a sports website right now, and for, for this, I, I used ESPN, right? The worldwide leader in sports. On their top headlines, not a mention of Aaron Judge. But did you want to know about who Alabama no. just recruited and landed? Because you can find that out there. Did you Do you want to know right now on Wednesday, September 21st, that Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to miss some time with an MCL sprain? Well, you can if you go to ESPN, but do you want to know if Aaron Judge hit his 60th home run? You can't find out on the top headlines tab. And I that's can, the problem in and of itself. I can find out that the NFL has warned Bruce Arians about his sideline conduct. Yep. Yeah, that's... Or that uh, Mike Evans is out versus the Packers after his appeal was denied. I mean, that, yeah, that, that, that's, probably, just, that's probably the biggest one, but I get what you mean. It's just... It, a big headline to me would be something that historic that's happening. And what we are watching right now is historic. Just like yeah. last year, what you watched had never been seen before with Shohei Otani. And right now, not only are you watching something that we might be lucky enough to see twice in 10 years in a triple crown winner, but a new AL home run record King. And then also Albert Pujols, Mitch is two home runs away from 700. Yeah. It's like that. That's another one. And it, it's just, it's crazy to me. There, there needs to be more coverage. There needs to be more, just, I don't even know. Well, it's, it's well sad, I'll tell you is. what, I'll tell you what, why don't we take the segment after next to add on to that needed exposure for the game of major league baseball, because in the next segment, uh, well, the segment after we're going to go into the guardians because we ended up talking for a long time on this, but the next segment, 
is a special one because I actually ended up sitting down uh, with the president of the Ohio Swiss Festival, Scott Gerber. Uh, obviously, the Swiss Festival is happening this uh, next coming week in Sugar Creek. So we'll have uh, a discussion there on some of the many activities and sort of novelties that you'll be able to see uh, out at the festival this week. But of course, we'll be right back right after these brief messages. Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostren Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our Van Can assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business, and we can guide you there. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss Festival.com or find Ohio Swiss Festival on Facebook. And we welcome you back to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell and Mitchell Ballet here, and it is now time for a special segment. Uh, I ended up sitting down earlier this week with the president of the Ohio Swiss Festival, Scott Gerber. The Ohio Swiss Festival is coming to Sugar Creek, Ohio, uh, this upcoming week from September 29th all the way to October 1st. Uh, let's take a look at that. And with the Ohio Swiss Festival coming up this September 29th through October 1st, I am joined now by the president of said festival, Mr. Scott Gerber. Obviously, Mr. Gerber, thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, a lot of events uh, upcoming, Mr. Gerber. I mean, I'm looking at some of the the things here. We mentioned the wine, the cheese, and the beer tasting. I'm looking at some of the ones here. There's a cheese eating contest. I mean, you have a yodeling contest, a costume contest, and that's just noon on Saturday. Uh, what are some of the ones that really kind of get people's 
uh, uh, attention when they come down to the festival? Yeah, um, several years ago, those are some of the mainstay staples. Uh, cheese eating is always interesting. The yodeling, uh, it 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 has it's a nice little feature that we do before the Grand Parade comes down the hill. Those are just uh, some crowd pleasing moments. But uh, some Swiss things that go on is the Steinstoffs, and that's when uh, there's a 138 pound rock that uh, we have a, a pit. Uh, sand pit it's all uh, back there it's in uh, behind the uh, on the back side of the grounds behind the fire station and uh, the men can throw their chest their strength on 138 pound rock and the women can try their strength at a 75 pound rock and we have a local business uh, um, sugar creek heating and cooling that puts up some big Prize money, 250 bucks for first prize, $125 for second. If you break the record, you can cash in for 500 bucks. So uh, those events are on, on Friday and Saturday. There's one session on Friday, two sessions on Saturday. And another staple to the Swiss heritage is uh, what we call a swing fest. And that's uh, Greg Miller's, our uh, local, uh, our Garraway uh, wrestling coach. He has a passion for wrestling. He has a group that uh, supports him. And we do a demonstration also behind the fire station where that uh, right next to the Stones Throw Pit, where we'll do some Swiss wrestling on uh, Saturday evening. It's demonstration only, but the, you wouldn't know it by the competition. Those guys really go at it and have some fun with it. Along, along those lines, we also offer on Saturday morning, there's always uh, running is a... Uh, uh, very popular event um so we have a cheese chase and that happens on saturday morning and then you can participate in a 5k or a 10k and uh, that's always been a popular event uh, you can run for the cheese and there's door prizes and t-shirts and uh, that kicks off our saturday morning and then when you're done with all that you can uh, stick with us and enjoy the whole day of uh, some of that free entertainment i mean you might pay five bucks to park but we we advertise that all of our entertainment is free you can do uh the stones throw you can watch that you can watch wrestling all the entertainment's free we have uh three stages going on all the time one's inside the fire station one's behind the at the pavilion behind the fire stations on the festival grounds and we also have a stage on main street that uh we're doing something on the whole square of Sugar Creek all day. So. Well, I'm happy you brought up Steinstossen and the wrestling events because, I mean, we are a sports show, so that is some of the things I really wanted to nail in uh, in this one. Obviously, the Ohio Swiss Festival coming uh, from Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in Sugar Creek uh, this upcoming week. So now the next question I had is, I mean, obviously there's going to be the, the tastings here in the next coming uh, week. I mean, but – in terms of, you know, like concessions, there are many businesses that kind of get involved in this as well. Are there any particular ones that you would highly recommend to the to the people who come down to Sugar Creek and they have to get something here? I mean, I mean, I mentioned there was there might have been a barbecue uh, company that might be getting involved here, a very good local one. Uh, what are some of your personal favorites? Yeah, we're excited about, uh, you know, over over time, things migrate and change and you know, there's a lot of chicken barbecue out there. And this year we ran across a young man that uh, he smokes 
he's his from Alabama, his roots there. Uh, he's going to come in and he's going to smoke our chicken and cook our uh, brats dinners. And uh, that won't be your average barbecue. So we're excited to uh, promote that and see how that goes for us. Um, as iconic as our cheese is for the Swiss Festival, maybe another anchor and the biggest thing going is our apple fritter stand. They're homemade, fresh cut, fresh batter, day of festival. Um, they're not refrigerated. Um, and our, since 1953, that has been a staple along with the uh, festival itself that apple fritters are sold at the corner there on uh, Broadway. And that's been a long time running. You have to get them. They sell out every year. The lines are long. Um, they're worth it. And this year, uh, that church, uh, the, the festival ended up buying that operation from the church. They gave us great coaching and our local athletic clubs and sports uh, teams and athletic director Chip Amicone spearheads the operation. And uh, that's a really good thing because now a portion of the proceeds can go back to the school system and that's well supported and that works out really well. And then of course, there's always our midways full of uh, concessions. Uh, you know, we can't go without a festival, without a Jeruso sausage. We have the Sabaro, we have the uh, pepperoni rolls and you can't not, you can't not stop and get a cheese on a stick. I mean, Swiss cheese on a stick. You got to be there, Mitch. You got to get it. I actually might get it if I get the chance. I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned uh, the athletic department and some of the local uh, clubs in there as well. I think the, there is a multiple school bands that are going to be uh, performing at the festival as well. What does it mean to you guys to get uh, organizations like like local schools involved in your guys' events? Yeah, we, we are prayed um, over time. Of course, things change. We've always had a uh, – we always love to have the bands. Who doesn't love a – uh, band in the uh, in the parade but we we recruit um our different bands we pay for the bands that come down because we know it's a, a time consumer and everybody's time is valuable so we actually try to to have pay that school for taking the time to come to our parade and this year we'll have of course we always have gary which does a wonderful job and they'll do a a little show on thursday night just for themselves and then uh, Highland is a local neighbor to us. They'll be here for both the Kitty Parade and the Grand Parade. And both those parades are Friday and Saturday at 2 o'clock. Um, and Euclid Band uh, is a newcomer to us last year. A rave reviews. They had a blast. That brings us a whole different clientele of grandmas and grandpas and parents that have never seen our festival. And they're back um, uh, hoping to participate. Um, I think next year we're going to, you know, we always try to get some local bands. There's been some commitment and some interest from the others. And we always encourage that if we can get a couple local bands and then there's some alumni bands that uh, love to uh, join a board, come aboard and join our parade. So yeah, we, we look forward to those guys too. Mr. Gerber, obviously if you run a festival every year, the main goal, many of the main goals is to have it go as smoothly and safely and as efficient as possible. But are there any particular uh, uh, elements or factors specifically for this year that you really do hope are grasped by the festival goers and those who are involved with the activities this year? 
Yeah, I think over the years, uh, any, anytime you have an outdoor event, obviously, if you have good weather, you have a lot less headaches. But I think our building and grounds crew, our village administration uh, does a wonderful job. Uh, our safety directors, our local police and, and fire, they do a wonderful job responding to anything that we need. And we also offer courtesy carts, which I think is a really nice feature in front of the fire station. If you need to uh, be carted to your transported to your parking area or to and from a different area, um, we have about uh, five to six courtesy carts that are there to uh, give you a ride. You can call for those. We have a radio system in place that just helps uh, our patrons. Uh, it's just some convenience factor, you know, we, we try to accommodate as many aspects as we can. Well, once again, I mean, the Ohio Swiss Festival taking place uh, this come upcoming September 28th through the 30th. You can obviously uh, find information at OhioSwissFestival.com or you can go uh, search Ohio Swiss Festival on Facebook. Mr. Gerber, I really appreciate you taking the time to join me today. And I really do hope uh, that your guys' upcoming festival is going to be one of the best ones you've had in, 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 the, hist in the history of the run. Hey. I appreciate your time and your coverage for us, giving us a chance, and um, we'll accept any uh, good weather you can throw our way because that's what it takes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, Mitch. Thank you. Great discussion with Mr. Gerber there. And uh, once again, the festival happening in Sugar Creek this coming week from September 29th to October 1st. So when we come back, we'll get back into baseball. Obviously, the Guardians have been uh, pretty competitive here in the last few weeks uh, in the race for the AL Central. Currently out in Chicago right now. Uh, we'll take a discussion on that right after this. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. 
Be sure to take a trip to Sugar Creek for the upcoming Ohio Swiss Festival from Thursday, September 29th through Saturday, October 1st along Dover Road, Main Street, and Maple Street. Established in 1953, the Swiss Festival transformed Sugar Creek into a lively Swiss village to showcase the rich cultural heritage. From wine and cheese samplings to races, contests, and parades, the Swiss Festival offers something for everybody. Take the kids out for fun games, delicious food, and exciting rides. And be sure to get there for Steinstossen, the stone-throwing competitions Friday and Saturday nights. The Ohio Swiss Festival, Thursday, September 29th to Saturday, October 1st in downtown Sugar Creek. For more information, go to Ohio Swiss festival.com or find ohio swiss festival on facebook back here on the big time sports podcast show mitch spinell alongside mitchell bella we're going to back going back to baseball here as the guardians are now 81 and 72 i'm pulling that out from memory uh obviously the guardians winning last night over the chicago white Sox, 10 to 7 in extra innings so mitch that officially clinches not only uh well a victory in the series against chicago with two more to play but they also get the season uh, matchup advantage over Chicago, which you explained to me, me and the listeners last week, uh, the divisional races this year will not have, have any tiebreakers. This will be based on head-to-head matchups during the season between particular teams. And the Guardians have now officially won their season series with the Twins and now the White Sox. And that's right, Mitch. There is no game 163 as we've seen in years past. So that is why winning your season series against everybody in your division was so huge. And the guardians did that. They were actually four and in the AL central this year, winning the season series over Detroit, Kansas city, Minnesota, and Chicago, obviously Chicago, Minnesota, the two big ones right now as or Kansas city and Detroit are both eliminated from playoff contention. I had told you Mitch in our last episode that if they just went in and got one, I would be happy because not only did it knock the twins back, to five games, really at six, because you do have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So if Chicago finishes with the same win-loss record with you, you're still in. And that's the beauty of it. You have two games left, though, Mitch. And you have your number two pitching tonight, and you have your number one pitching tomorrow night. And if you're the Guardians, you can pretty much seal this away. No ifs, ands, or buts about it if you win both games tonight on the 21st and then tomorrow on the 22nd with McKenzie going tonight, Bieber tomorrow. You would take this from a five-game lead to a nine-game lead, but really a 10-game lead with that tiebreaker, Mitch, and it's crazy. But you should still feel confident as a Guardians fan. You should. With where we're at right now, 14 games left to play. And let's say the Guardians struggled, right? This is a young team, and Mitch, we just got some news. They're calling up two players to the Major League roster today. Um, I know that one is Gabriel Arias, who is coming up from AAA as Richie Palacios was optioned to AAA. Uh, and the fascinating thing about Arias is he is somebody we got in the Clevenger deal. He is a natural middle infielder. However, the past two months in Columbus, he has been playing left field and first base. So you have to wonder, is this something we could see? And he is on the 40 man roster. So he would potentially be available to be on the postseason roster. If that's something you so choose the route you choose to go, or if an injury happened, you have to replace somebody. It may be him. But they are also calling up another one of their many, many, many. Did I emphasize that enough, Mitch? Because uh, the, well, the girls are really for, good. One at, more. One more for many, the measure. Many. There you go. All right. Are also promoting a 24-year-old outfielder prospect, Will Brennan, from AAA, who will make his major league debut. The Guardians have so much talent down there. It's awesome. But 
for everybody saying, well, the division's not wrapped up yet. Why are they bringing the young guys up? Why might we see some younger guys in there? If the Guardians did fall off a little bit in 14 games and could just go six and eight, it would take the White Sox to win 12 of their last 14 games to win the division. And some of you might be saying, well, they could, right? This is a very talented team. They could, right? You never can count anything out, especially this late in the season. But all I ask is that people go look at who the White Sox still have to play, Mitch, because it's not a cakewalk. After we play Chicago, Cleveland only has one more series the rest of the way against a team above 500, and that's three games at Progressive Field where they will welcome in Tampa Bay. The White Sox, on the other hand, Mitch, well, they play the Guardians tonight and tomorrow. Tigers for three, the Twins for three, the Padres, and then the Twins Again, the Padres is a three-game series as well at San Diego. Their schedule does not get easy. So if you're a Guardian stand right now, it's not locked up yet, right? You still have that magic number that you count down after every single game. You're still playing the standings game, but you're in a really good spot to where you can start to feel confident. Probably can't say the same if this was a Cleveland Browns team we're talking about. Actually, you'd have to say the complete opposite. But that win last night, Mitch, was huge, and this is a team now just get there and they're almost there because once postseason baseball starts, everything starts over. Everything starts over. We've seen us be the best team in baseball from start to finish and get knocked out in the first round. We saw a team make it in 2016 that nobody picked to make it past the Red Sox in the ALDS and they ended up sweeping them. It's, it's the best part of baseball, in my opinion. And this is a team that I think has the AL manager of the year in the dugout and Terry Francona. And this, he's now looking for his sixth playoff appearance in the 10 years he's managed Cleveland and in the nine years prior to this one, he's only had one season under 500 and what he's done. This might be the most remarkable job he's done yet. Second lowest payroll in all of baseball, youngest team in baseball. And we're talking about magic number and clinching scenarios on September 21st to get us to the playoffs. Yeah. Magic number is at 10, I believe right now. So we, we have that potentially to nine. Forward to nine right because, now because of that tiebreaker last night. It went oh, from 10, okay, yeah. but having the head-to-head, you actually get to add another game in there. Yeah, you keep confusing me with that. That uh, it's with the tiebreaker math. It's like, oh, it's really, oh, they're eight games ahead, but really they're nine games ahead. Right. Yeah, but so, so I also have some a math question here. So if they beat Chicago, like let's say, is it the fourteen and two thing that Chicago has to go on? Is that like going into tonight, or is yep. that? Okay, so, that's, they, so they, they would have to win twelve of their last fourteen games starting tonight. They could only so, afford two more losses. So if they, so if the Guardians were to sweep them, then they would have to basically just win out in order to correct match pace with a, essentially a five hundred mark for the Guardians over the last uh, two weeks of the season. That's that's putting yourself in a good spot. And I like where the team is right now. I think the offense is, is has really been been great at creating runs. These young guys have, have basically blossomed light years ahead of where they would normally uh, be developing. I think, and uh, yeah, the, the pitching especially has been has been quite strong uh, for, oh, down the line. Even even Savali, I think, had a pretty solid yeah. night for for his first return back from the IL. He got shellacked uh, in in the minor leagues, and I thought, oh boy, this may not be he may not be the guy to bring back. But he did what he had to do. My biggest concern right now. Aside from, you know, actually closing out these teams and winning the division, let's say you do finish it out. Mm-hmm. Let's say you do clinch this division. Do you worry of peaking too early? Because that's exactly what happened to the 2017 team when they went on the win streak, went up to nothing against the Yankees, and then gave it up. 
Like, do you fear there's, especially with a team like this, because that that Indians team from 2017 was loaded with superstars. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, You had your Lindors and you had like Ramirez, who was still up and coming, and you had more veterans presences on that team than you do here. Does that, does it worry you at all? Yes and no. Yes, because that is a thing, Mitch. And, and anybody that doesn't think peaking too early is a thing in baseball, it is, right? I've actually witnessed it firsthand. In high school, my senior year, we were 29-0, and 0, number one team in the state. And we had an off day, Mitch. Gave up the most runs in a game all season long in the playoffs and lost 3-2. to two. Um, it, There is such thing as peaking too early. You saw it in 17 when they won 22 games in a row. They looked unbeatable. I don't know if you could have asked anybody during that win streak, do you think you can beat that team in a seven game series? Cause I think the answer would have been no. And they were up 2 0 on the Yankees. The reason I'm not worried about them peaking too early is because this team is a lot different than the team in 17. And they're a lot different than every other team in baseball right now. This team doesn't hit home runs this team. And you've seen the guardians tweet about it. They play their disgusting brand of baseball where they just yeah. get hits and they run and they put the pressure on you. And that's all you want to see. That team in 17, Mitch, they were loaded with some superstars. Lindor Ramirez, you had Brantley who was hurt, but you still know what he was. Edwin Encarnacion, Carlos Santana, Jay Bruce, you had guys that could put the ball out of the ballpark at any given moment. Where, Mitch, you're talking about two guys that hit in your lineup right now at one and nine, that they have a combined two home runs all this season and Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw. Yeah. Kwan has two and Straw has none. Unless Jose Ramirez gets up there, that's really the only time that you can have a batter in this lineup step up to the plate and say, he could put one out right now. Really, like right now is a good shot. Gonzalez has the power, but he's not a consistent home run hitter. And that's why I'm not afraid of them peaking too early because they've shown that if they score first, they're pretty hard to beat. And if they don't score first, they've tied the 95 Indians for, I believe, 32 come from behind wins this year. Really? It's a team that can do it all in different facets. If their starting pitching doesn't have it, we've seen the bullpen come in and give you a bullpen game and literally win you ball games on the road and at home this year. It's Terry Francona has every single player on this roster believing. And that's the big thing. And, And I've talked about it all year. And I still think that on paper, the White Sox are by far the best team on paper talent wise in this division. But that's why I've made remarks about Tony La Russa, who's a Hall of Fame manager. And this is unfortunately going to be the last thing a lot of people remember of him. But he was one of the greatest managers when he was, you know, managing the Cardinals or way back in the day. Terry Francona, though, has figured out a way to push everybody. And you've heard stories about whether you love him or hate him, Brian Shaw. He's a huge factor as to why Emmanuel Classe is who he is this year, because Classe last year was pitch one day. Oh, I need two or three days of rest. Where now it's, hey, I can go on, I can go three three straight days, and there's a reason he's been the most dominant closer in baseball. There's a reason he has the most saves in baseball. I'm not worried about them peaking because they're so young. And as I've said since this podcast started, they don't know any better. They don't, and they don't strike out a whole lot, Mitch. And and that's the key. They're going to put pressure on other teams and. There's always the people of, oh, well, you want the rest, right? Because the Astros and Yankees are going to get the first round by. There's the other people that believe that you take that long of a break, you build up rust. For me, the Guardians are right where they should be right now. I wouldn't want to see them get into a series where they have to lay off for a week because the, this team is so young. You you notice that a lot of other teams right now have started to have a couple players go down. And a, a lot of them are older veterans that have a lot of wear and tear and mileage on them 
where the youngest team in baseball right now have shown no signs of slowing up. And you have to wonder if that can only continue deep into October and eventually, hopefully into early November. We shall see where the team ends up. Uh, so when we come back, we'll be going over now back into the NFL. Obviously, we'll go through our some of our picks for week three, and uh, we'll hope that the Cleveland Browns can get back to a winning ways this Thursday night in Pittsburgh. We'll be, we'll be right back right after this. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216-hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from 5 to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org for more information. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. You deserve the best, and at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. All right, we're back here on the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. And, and Mitch, I, I left the room quickly during the break because you mentioned the uh, Guardians, you said, matched the 95 Indians record for most comeback wins in a season. And I had to bring up this, this little memento that I got. I had this as a kid. This is called Wahoo What a Finish. It is a retrospective of a bunch of come-from-behind wins, I think 10 of them maybe, that the 95 Indians were able to accomplish. Um, I got this for a dollar at the exchange. Uh, the, the exchange is not a sponsor of this show, but it's one of the top three stores, uh, in my area and a couple of other ones too. I mean, I'm looking at the ones right here. I also have the, um, uh, Cleveland rocks one. If you can get to look at it there, that's like them winning the pennant and everything. So yeah, I just, I needed to remind myself that I owned these and I wanted to show, show them off basically because you tipped that off in my head. I'm like, Oh, I got to bring tapes that I don't even have a VHS player for. I can't even watch these right now. But I used to as a kid. Some awesome memories right there. I mean, I wasn't around to watch 95 and I was just a newborn in 97. So being able to go back and and watch things like that and what you have there in your hand, uh, it's always awesome to go back there. And a lot of people forget some of those names, that 95 and 97 Cleveland Indians team. A lot of people don't even realize that Manny Ramirez was a Cleveland Indian before he went to Boston. Well, I'll read them all right here. Albert Bell, Eddie Murray. 
Carlos Baerga, Manny Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, yeah. Jim Tomey, mm-hmm. Paul Sereno, Sandy mm-hmm. Alomar Jr., Omar Vizquel, and that's it. But yeah, that's that's unbelievable that team the team that was coming the year coming out of the lockout. Yep, and only, that only team to win hundred or more games in a less than hundred fifty four game season. Well, and that's what makes that us, you know, really tying the come from behind win record. They did it in a lot in less games. So, you know, that's where when you get into the record books, there might have to be an asterisk next to them versus us. But still nevertheless, yeah, still nevertheless, yep, wins are wins. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the, the 2022 Guardians have a different end result than the 95 Indians as well as, as good as the 95 Indians were anyway. So we'll go over now to football where obviously we're going into week three of the season. Uh, you and I did less good on the pickums this week compared to last. You went uh, eight and eight. Uh, some of the ones that, I mean, you got Kansas city, Detroit, the giants, the Rams, the Niners, you got the Broncos Packers and bills in that Monday night game, which I knew was going to, uh, I should like, I should have, Given them more points, basically, with what Buffalo was yeah. able to do against Tennessee. Not me. And uh, then I got uh, Kansas City, Detroit, New England, uh, the Rams, the Broncos, Packers, and and um, and Bills. I went seven and nine. So you beat me this week, um, but I do want to get into the matchups for this coming week. But first, let's talk about the Cleveland Browns and, and, and some other things about the, the NFL as well, because we'll save that for the end. Look, we have to quickly get over last Sunday. We have to because Thursday night, tonight basically, is up, up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we will actually have a special uh, 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 episode coming out on Friday, I believe, in which we will go over the details of Thursday night's game. Because, you know, we wanted to make sure with the weird schedule, we didn't want to make it too awkward and it was going to be a whole thing. So, yeah, we're just going to do that. Um, be on the lookout for that. But for Thursday night, Mitch, I mean, you're going up against a Steeler team and that uh, hasn't looked impressive offensively, but is able to kind of etch out a one and one record. And, uh, you know, the defense, most of the defense is going to be there. Obviously, Jadavion Clowney's not going to be there. That's that's kind of a tough loss. But it looks like Miles Garrett and Joe Batonio will be ready. Jack yep. Conklin could make his first appearance for the Browns, it looks like. Um, aside from keeping a lead and, and keeping it there until the end. We all know we all, we're all aware of it. It happened. What do you think is the biggest detail or factor that Kevin Stefanski's comp, uh, uh, squad really needs to clamp down on in order to get what would be a very important in division win to start the divisional play this season. It's on both sides of the ball. Let's start with the offense run the damn ball. This is a Steelers defense that has done nothing but give us nightmares for the most part over the past couple of years, excluding the playoff win in 2021 during the 2020 season. Uh, but even without TJ Watt, this is still a very good defense. You have Cam Hayward up the middle. You have a bunch of talented defensive linemen. You have Minka Fitzpatrick, Mitch, who I think is still criminally underrated when people talk about top safeties in all of football. Um, he's one that torments us year in, year out. I think, what was it? In 2020, the first time we went to Pittsburgh, I think he had the uh, leadoff pick six off of yeah. Baker, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. He has a nose for the football. He's one of the better players and one of the smartest, if not the smartest player that Nick Saban has ever coached at Alabama. He's mentioned that before. So run the ball. Run the damn ball. Your strength is your offensive line. You're already playing a backup quarterback in Jacoby Brissett. Don't put more pressure on him than you need to, right? You have Chubb. You have Hunt and the Steelers. 
I mean, the Steelers have a good defense, but at the same time, you have the ability to wear them out. And on the flip side, Mitch, it's this not top five defense we have, and they're not even a top 15 defense. I've, that was my biggest concern all year going into the season. Um, they're not a top whatever. Okay. Two breakdowns and back-to-back weeks, 34 points scored in the fourth quarter. You are bringing in a team that has scored two touchdowns on 24 offensive possessions that have rumblings in the locker room that Mike Tomlin might have to fire his first coordinator in season for the first time in his career in Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. Najee Harris is not 100%. Mitch Goatbisky, the Northeast Ohio kid himself. Hard to really simulate Miles Garrett coming out at you, especially when TJ Watts not in practice. So you, you, how is he going to react to that? The O-line is, is just atrocious for the Pittsburgh Steelers. The secondary on paper for us, names pop out. Talent-wise, it's there. It hasn't been there, though, in two games. And that's why I cannot be confident whatsoever because there's two ways you look at this. This is either a get-right game and the Browns show us something, or this is the magic elixir for the Steelers and their offense that is terrible because they're either going to come out tomorrow night and the Browns are going to respond the way they need to and win a football game, or the Steelers are going to find something tomorrow against a Joe Woods-led defense, and we're having a completely different conversation on Friday of how many games can this Cleveland Browns team really win this season? Yeah, I, I think in, from my from my outlook, you really need to clamp down on the – it's that secondary. It's that secondary that really can bring you some serious pain, and you're going up against receivers now. You have your Chase Claypools and your Deontay Johnsons. They're not exactly the the, the highest uh, electrifying duo in the league, but they're very – they can be effective. I mean, I've seen Deontay Johnson bought some crazy catches in the last few years. I've seen Claypool as the original number two to Juju Smith-Schuster, who's now in Kansas City, and Claypool's now the number one. If you, ha- if you have those under control, like you're not just letting them get 20 yards open down the field, I don't think Trubisky, I don't, I don't think Goat Bisky can, as much as I want to call him the Goat, I don't think he can sort of handle it in that way like Flacco or even a Baker Mayfield could. And we and we have our, our criticisms about Baker, but Baker can do things at, at certain points. And that's another thing, too. Like, if Baker could stomach the uh, multiple sacks that were coming out uh, around him uh, from the Browns in week one, what is Mitch going to do? What, what is Mitch going to have to survive in this case if 295-pound Miles Garrett, I don't know, it's probably not his weight, but how, however big he is, is just charging at him full speed. I'd be terrified. Yeah. I'd be terrified. But at the same time, Mitch, you have to wonder, is Miles Garrett going to be able to make as big of an impact as we expect him to now? Javian Clowney out, right? And he might be out for an extended period of time as it looks like it could be a high ankle sprain. He left the game Sunday against the Jets, did not return, left the stadium in a walking boot. Steelers O-line's bad, but that at least allows them to kind of focus more on Miles Garrett where Javian Clowney is typically taking the pressure off him. So, that's one thing to see, but listen, Miles Garrett, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Miles Garrett has a lot of proof on Thursday. He does. He is what we have said, a leader on this football team. He is a very likable guy that I think is overshadowed by one mistake he's made still by some people, which everyone makes a mistake, whether you want to say his was a mistake or not. It is what it is. His comments, Mitch, have rubbed almost every single Browns fan I've talked to the wrong way after the Jets loss. I've been seeing this. Like, I'm a little surprised and, that it got this bad. But, and here's the thing, Mitch. 
you're talking about a guy that we took with the number one overall pick in the 2017 draft, a cornerstone of your franchise and the leader of the unit defensively. He's been there through thick and thin. He was there during 0-16. For him to say what he said, at least to, to me as a Browns fan, was almost a shot at Browns fans. And I'm not going to go deep into this because I want to cover the rest of this and, and make sure our listeners get the coverage they deserve. But for those that haven't seen it yet, anywhere on social media, go find Jim Donovan and go see the statement Donovan put out after Miles Garrett's comments. Because Jim Donovan's right. What Miles Garrett wants is a one-sided relationship. And you're not going to get that. And Mitch, I'm going to the game Thursday night. And if I have to watch what happened against the Jets, I am going to boo as well. And that's my right. If I'm going to pay all that money, I'm allowed to do that. But Miles Garrett has to show us something. One tackle for loss last week against the Jets. He's starting to look tired in the fourth quarter. And you can contribute that to the fact that, yeah, he's getting chipped and doubled and sometimes triple teamed. It's not a prove-it game, but this is a huge game for Miles Garrett. He has to show us as fans something this week after those comments because he hasn't even come out and tried to rescind them. And sometimes it looks worse if you do that, but this crowd is going to be amped up, Mitch. This crowd is always amped up. We were amped up inside the stadium. We were 0-16. Now you're welcoming in your rival on Thursday night football on the lake in great fall weather. I believe the high is 61 tomorrow night. I'm excited. Everybody should be excited. I'm nervous as a Browns fan should be, but it, it's time for miles Garrett to really go out there and show something, especially when their backs are against the wall and everyone's starting to count them out already. Me included. We shall see. I mean, now, I mean, obviously we're going to get into these uh, picks here where uh, we're, we're going to start off. Not with the one we, we have to get to. We'll get save that one for the end. And I'll remember to do it this time because I got the ones listed here. So the pick them for this week. I want to start out in the division because we have an afternoon matchup on Sunday uh, in New England in Foxborough between the Ravens and the Patriots. Uh, the Ravens uh, coming off of a loss to Miami, also in surprising fashion, although they would have had the most surprising loss had uh, Cleveland not done what they'd done. So against the New England team that beat Pittsburgh last week, Mitch, do you think that they can do the same thing against Baltimore? Or do you think the Ravens get, uh, they keep that high octane offense going against uh, the Belichick squad? I think the Ravens keep going. I got the Ravens winning this. Um, I really don't think this is nine home underdogs this week, Mitch, which is tied for the most in NFL history. Um, Patriots being one of them, but this is one that I don't need to think twice about it. Ravens. Yeah, it, it's, I think I'm going to go Ravens too, just because and I think it's still going to be very close. It could be within, uh, what did I say? Uh, uh, I think I lost it here. What was it? Three and a half. I said three points. The over under 43.5. Uh, I could I could see it right on that line, maybe like by a field goal. Okay, so now we go over to uh, what was it? The one that I wanted to talk about, which was the Bengals, rather. It should be the Bengals up against the Jets on on Sunday afternoon. Cincinnati five point favorites, even though uh, they have a worse record than New York does. I don't say this with much confidence, but I'm taking the Bengals, right? This is a team that should go in there and win, although they've lost. They just lost to Cooper Rush. Um, I'm, I'm going to take the Bengals, and we'll see where they're at after this week. Oh, this is, in, this is interesting because the Jets have basically no run game. Yeah. Uh, Joe Flacco has to throw a lot of passes like he did in, in this past week. You know, uh, mm, I I don't know why I want to take the Jets this week. I know if, if it was – 
if it was closer in points, maybe I, I think Cincinnati might. I, I think I have to go with them. But if I'm if I'm proven wrong, I'm going to feel so stupid because that's an zero and three Bengals team, and and you still have to seriously start concerning. Well, not because we're Browns fans, but for the sake of his job, you got to be concerning for Zach Taylor because that that's a Super Bowl attended coach who starts off zero and three with basically no injury, virtually no injuries. Yeah. That's it's tricky. Uh, as far as the rest of the afternoon slate goes, the Chiefs and the Colts, two completely opposite seasons right now. The Colts getting off to some of the worst football I've seen in, in, to start a year against the Jacks against Jacksonville and Houston of all teams, and yeah. then the Chiefs just look like the Chiefs. Chiefs six and a half points right now in Indianapolis. I uh, I think I have to take the I have to take the over again, or not the over the over team, not the underdog. Yeah, I I sit here and I I'm going to take the Chiefs, but Mitch, this one, um, I don't know, knock on wood. Through two weeks, I've been pretty good in picking out the games that a lot of people are going against. That you know the upsets happen. This could be one. This could be one where the the Colts return home. Chiefs take them lightly. Um, I won't be shocked if it happens, but I'm still going to pick the Chiefs because they're just the overall better team. But I will not be shocked if when we record. Uh, for Monday's episode, if we're sitting here talking about the Colts somehow beating the Chiefs. Raiders up against the Titans, both teams 0-2. We talked about the Titans getting thrashed on Monday night. The Raiders only two-point favorites. I'd give them more points. I'm going Raiders in an easy victory again. Yep, give me the Raiders as well. Tennessee looks bad. Tannehill looks bad. Um, Derek Henry looks miserable. Yeah, he does look miserable. I mean, he doesn't, but like we like to imagine that because he's the only guy that's really coming out and doing his job so far. Uh so we're all we're, we both have we have the same picks for the first four games right now. Uh, this one, this one could change. One o'clock, Bills and Dolphins for the battle for the lead in the AFC East. The Bills are six point favorites in this one. And and, and I know I said last episode the Bills probably going to be the, the last team to lose in the NFL. I wonder if to if if Tua can keep it going for the Dolphins offense and they can match up pound for pound with Josh Allen and company. They won't give me the bills. So simple. No, I'm taking the bills. So I'll give you the bills. Uh, I think, okay. I think it'll be closer than the six points, but I think I'm going to go Buffalo too. We're just picking, we're picking the same team. It's going to be the least interesting pick them of this week. Lions versus Vikings, Vikings six point favorites, despite losing to Philadelphia. Give me Dan Campbell. Give me the lions. God damn. Going Detroit again. See, I uh, I wanted to pick Minnesota at a, at a point, but I didn't like what I didn't like what they looked like against Philly. And granted, Philly's probably going to be the the easiest path to the playoffs at this point. But I'm I'm going to do it just to be different. I'm going to say Minnesota gets back on track in this one. Okay, it's a it's a it's a home matchup. Maybe that means something. I don't know. Uh, then we have the okay. We mentioned the Eagles. And you were showing me the Athletics uh, NFL Power Rankings, and this was written by Bo Wolf. That's the credit to him. So his one, in, his number one makes sense. Uh, Buffalo mm-hmm. number two makes sense. Kansas City. He has the Eagles, who are two and zero at three, and you know they're coming off a very impressive win against Minnesota, and the defense has gotten off to a good start as well. And with Dallas out. Dallas likely out, even though they won last week because Dak's going to be out for so long. It, it does seem like Philadelphia is going to win the NFC East now. 
I can't put them at three right now. Look, you have Tampa Bay four, Rams five, even though we have said the Rams have not looked impressive to start off the year. Um, the Dolphins six, Chargers seven. Like, is it just basically like some good teams lost this week? So now Philadelphia, because they haven't lost yet, just skyrocketed up? I think that I think it's because everybody was able to watch them closely as they were on Monday night football. Obviously there was two games going, but I mean, Mitch, you, we just went through how many one o'clock games we still are. It's hard to watch every single team play when they're all playing at the same time. The Eagles had the national coverage, the national spotlight, and they imposed their will on the Vikings. Um, they look good. I think the Eagles are one of the sleeper teams in all of football in terms of how deep they're going to go in the playoffs, but they're not the best team in the NFC. No, no. Three is way too high. I think they're the most playoff bound as of now, but yeah, because San Francisco is going to have to battle with LA. Tampa Bay might have to battle with uh, New Orleans, like they James. just did. Eat a dub. Um, the Packers probably going to have to deal with Minnesota, but that's pretty much it. Although the Packers kind of got off to a rocky start, so we're both taking Philly over the Commanders, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. All right, so we're going to go over now to Saints, like I just mentioned, and against NFC South rival Carolina. Uh, Saints 1-1, one one, Panthers 0-2, New Orleans three-point favorites on the road. And give me the Saints as Matt Rule will be getting booed at halftime in his own stadium <sighs> and may, may be looking for a new job already. Already? So yeah, yeah, I, I got to take New Orleans too. I really didn't want to for the sake of difference, but yeah. Um, Jaguars up against the Chargers. I swear to God, if the Chargers lose a game like this, they're seven point favorites at home. If Trevor Lawrence comes out and balls out like he did last week, maybe. If not, no, I'm taking Chargers. First off, the, the Jaguars aren't playing the Colts, so Trevor Lawrence won't look that good again. Uh, second, I don't know why the Chargers would even put Herbert out there. I think they can win with Chase Daniel, uh, but I'm taking the Chargers. All right, so we have one game difference between you and me. It's the Vikings and Lions game. That's that's great. So now we have the NFC West Rams up against the Cardinals. Cardinals pulled out that win over the the Raiders and uh, Rams. You know, I mean, they got back on track this past week. They're only three and a half point favorites, though. Yeah, and a new Call of Duty is dropping. I believe the beta version dropped today as we record this episode, which means Kyler Murray is going to want to play his video games. But not so yes. fast because Kyler Murray is going to want to make a statement that he doesn't just play video games and he's a professional quarterback. I'm taking the Cardinals. Okay, that's interesting. I, it's not where I expected you to go. Um, as far as as far as I I care, yeah, I'm going to take the the Rams and not feel bad about it. By the way, did you see that one tweet where it was um, uh, his touchdown run, Kyler Murray's, and they play, yeah. and they put the Benny Hill song over it. That was pretty funny. Okay. I might put it up here. Falcons up against the Seahawks. This is a tough one. I think this is the battle between two really bad football teams. And because of that, I'm going to take the home team. So I will take Seattle. So that, again, I think this is where we disagree because you said Seattle. I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think that last week was a very sobering loss for the Seahawks up against the Niners. And Atlanta hasn't looked god-awful yet they mm -hmm. haven't looked god awful despite uh losing the first two games uh then we have a, the the quarterback matchup for the week packers up against the buccaneers brady versus uh rogers tampa bay a one point favorite one of the low one of the smallest margins of the week this is so tough because i feel like the buccaneers are 2-0 and and they have not looked good but they're 2-0 and the packers are 1-1 and but they did the thing that we're typically accustomed to now in week one where they just don't show up 
I literally haven't made the pick on the sheet here. I have all my other games in here and I'm sitting here. I knew this was going to come down to it. And and really my heart wants to pick the Packers, but I know better than that. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I don't listen to my heart very often, as uh, you can tell by my diet. I'm going to go with the uh, Packers in this one. Okay. I'm going I'm to Packers on the road. I think there's going to be some, uh, some more conversations to be had. There's already been conversations to be had about the Bucks first two games where yeah. people think that the team is, uh, is going to, going to, flounder and mike evans is not playing this week right he officially finalizes this, suspension so this is a huge game mitch i mean a lot, right every game every week is huge but these are the two teams that have been the top two teams in the nfc now for the past two years and this is going to give somebody the head-to-head if assuming that they're going to be battling it out for home field in the playoffs so this is yep. a massive game and then we have the nightcapper 49ers up against the broncos broncos country that's right Real okay again. I think we must have stockpiled our differences for the end because I'm going San Francisco. I think Denver is really having some serious issues, and San Francisco gets Garoppolo back in the fold. That the the guy that was kind of more of like the, the one that everyone was kind of used to before Trey Lance got there, and obviously Trey Lance is not going to be here for the rest of the season. So I, I I'm okay with taking San Francisco this week, but if I'm proven wrong, then so be it. And then Cowboys against the Giants Monday night. The G-Men. You're gonna- Mitch, this team is going to start 3-0. I'm not going to lie. The Giants' schedule is so easy. I wouldn't be shocked if they're the right. second team with the Bills left undefeated for a while. You think the Giants can really go that far? I, I mean, I think there's a chance. record. There, okay. they, there's a good chance. I'm not saying they will. I, I'm with you. I think the Bills will be the last unbeaten team in the NFL. But I do think that the Giants and their schedule, Mitch, it fares very well for them. Uh, I was going through some stuff the other day about, you know, picking their wins and losses. I mean, you're talking Dallas here, Bears. Then they go to the Packers and they play Baltimore. That's two back-to-back games. But then Jacksonville, Seattle, Houston, Detroit, Dallas, Washington, Philly, loss. Washington, like, I mean, those are all winnable games for Brian Dable and the New York Giants. That That is a that is a pretty easy schedule. I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm going to – so you're going Giants. Yeah. G-Men. Um, I see it's on the road in, in in the Meadowlands, and the Giants are a one point favorite going in. I, I'll go. I'll go with the Giants as well. I think they'll they'll be able to pull it out because Dallas will have a few miscues at the end. And uh, so I know what you're going to take for our last matchup. Well, hold on. Just... There's there's one matchup I didn't hear your pick for. What was that? The Texans and Bears. Oh, thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, so this week we have the Texans up against Chicago. Uh, I'm going to go Chicago. I, I'm going to go Chicago. You going Chicago too? Yeah, I'm taking the Bears. By the way, what did you think of uh, Justin Fields' comments, which I thought were a little more inflammatory towards the Bears fan base than the than Miles was towards the Browns? That That's a young player not thinking about what he was saying when he said it. I think that that you can tell it's a second year player in a second system already. Um, not a good look for him, no doubt about well, that. And well, I love Justin well, Fields. Yeah, because like I'm, I'm, I love Justin Fields. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like I would think that would I would warrant more criticism than a guy who's more of a veteran who has more of the experience and has more of a sense of the team and the fan base. Whereas if well, you're a second. Yeah, the whole Miles Garrett thing is what like what do you want us to do as fans? You just blew I yeah thirteen point lead. Like I'm not going to stand there and applaud you. That's I think that's where the difference is with I, what I. 
yeah, we we were all emotional. Well, I wasn't emotional. You definitely were. We were all emotional in that in that stage. It happened. Let's move on from it. Whereas whereas the Bears, it's like, yeah, you lost to the Packers again. You know, the sun came up today. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, it's literally every year. I I hope it changes for Fields' sake. Uh, so now we got to go to the big one. I, I pretty much know what you're going to pencil in. You, you just, if you, if you want to say anything about it, go ahead. See, we just talked about things changing and I figured this was a time for me to change. And I've thought about it a lot. And I, I think that me being there, I have to take the Browns, but I'm not going to, I'm taking the Steelers. I had you. I just wrote down the last initial before you wrote before you Mitch, got. On I said in the last episode, I'm not picking the Browns the rest of the way until. Uh, last all right, yeah, so there's yeah. no shot. Well, it's, Browns are four and a half point favorites. Thank you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take them at home. I could easily, very very easily, be wrong. So we'll see what happens uh, this coming week. You have those penciled in. Let me just uh, get those ones right there. If you can see it, I can barely see it, and neither can you. So, yeah, that's all we have for the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Obviously, thank you so much for listening or watching on YouTube. Uh, Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell. Also, follow on Apple Podcasts, uh, Anchor, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We'll get those up uh, this coming Thursday. Obviously, thank you so much to Scott Gerber, the president of the Ohio Swiss Festival, for joining me uh, earlier this week. Uh, Be sure to hit up the festival this coming week. There's a lot of great stuff happening in Sugar Creek, and I want you guys to be there. Um, And, of course, you know, BigTimeSportsOhio.com and at BTS Ohio on Twitter, Mitch Spinell, at Mitch Spinell, at Mitchell Bala. That's pretty much all we got. And then, of course, we have the local game listings for this week on BigTimeSportsOhio.com. So, Mitch, what's the fact of the day? Uh, the fact of the day is that all the listeners can expect to find a Reaction Friday small podcast uh. covering the Browns and the Steelers Thursday night game. Because like we said, Mitch, we don't want to put that off for three, four days to cover it on Monday. That is your fact because there will be an episode. Plug but game. That, I had no fun fact. Plug game extremely strong for Mitchell Ballot today. Let's see how my shot game is. Oh, am I that's the closest one it's gotten so far this year. I was about to say, I was the whole joke was I was going to say, how's my shot game? And it was going to go this way. And I was going to go weak as hell. But then it came that close. Yeah, I was close. Uh, and I don't, and I don't, get a, I don't get a second shot. All right. Thank you so much for listening and watching to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Go Guards. 